welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So I started a sermon last week and I wasn't going to do part two, but here I am doing part two. So if you missed last Sunday, the sermon's online. I'm not going to recap. Hmm. Bench, can you get me a drink of water, please? Thank you. Um, I'm not going to recap because I've only got half an hour. And when you've got half an hour, you don't have time to recap because then there's no time to do anything else. So I started from Acts chapter 3. Um, yeah, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read really quickly because then I'm not going to reference the scriptures as I share. So I'll just read the whole chunk now and then you've got the Bible in you. Is that all right? Acts chapter 3, here we go. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his full attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Thank you. When he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man, um, sorry, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them at the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Peter of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us if by our own power or godliness we, we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, his glory, has glorified his servant Jesus who handed him over to be killed. And you disowned him before Pilate, though he had declared to him, sorry, though he had decided to let him go, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. So I shared, I don't know, X amount of thoughts last week on that passage, and I've got a few more. Before I get into it, there's three thoughts that I just want to side points. I wrote side thoughts. Yeah, they're all thoughts, but anyway, side thoughts. First one is Peter did not require of the man his belief in Christ to perform the miracle. You know, when we talk to people... We don't need to know if they believe or not. We don't need to know what, what they believe because God trumps it all. So just step out. Just, just do it. All right, second side point. Chapter 2 was the first recorded, I said this last week, the first recorded sermon from the early church and thousands got saved. Then chapter 3 is the first recorded healing of the early church and one man got healed. One man is just as important as the thousands. One is just as important as the thousands. Peter and John could have gone, oh, we don't have the thousands in front of us. We don't need to perform anything, you know. We only do it when the crowd's there. But no, one is just as valuable. Remember that, one. That one person that you walk by, the one person that God says encourage, that one, they're so valuable. Just as invaluable as the thousands. And my third side point is, haha, Holy Spirit's not mentioned in the story. 
And I like to think of it like this. Holy Spirit's not mentioned in chapter 2. Holy Spirit fell and they prayed for boldness at the start of Acts. So we've got to be aware that Holy Spirit's always in us. He's always upon us. He's always with us. And we go to gatherings like church and we come in together and we, we um, corporately, you know, we're two or more gathered, there he is. And so we have these moments of God being with us so that when we're out doing stuff, we don't have to stop and go quickly, I better pray so then God will heal him. No, no, because we already have him with us. The importance of gathering Christians together is so important, so important. That's where we encourage, support. That's where things happen so that when we go out, when we go out, we don't have to second guess ourselves, but we just go, silver and gold, I don't have, but what I do have, get up and walk. All right, they're my side points. Here we go. Point number one. It is one thing to say walk, but it's another to take him by the hand and help him out. I love Peter. Oh, Theo. I love Peter. I love it. Peter says, Seven God, you know, but what I do have, get up and walk. The Amplified says he actually seizes him, like pulls him up to walk. It's not some, can I please help you out? It's not some like tiptoe, let's just judge the situation. It's silver and gold I do not have. What I do have, walk, get up. I'm grabbing you, I'm pulling you up before you have time to second guess, to doubt, before you have time to let fear in, before you have time to realise what I'm doing, I'm just getting you up anyway. I think sometimes for me, I'll make the bold declaration or the prayer or the, you know, and then I leave that gap and that gap gives me time to back away. It gives me time to go, ah, what have I done? Let's just hide. But before they had a chance to back away, they're in it. And I wrote down in my notes, actions speak louder than words. And then I thought, you know, I don't know, like that saying, I've heard my whole life, actions speak louder than words. I'm big on that, actions speak louder than words. Like I say it, important. Then I, I wrote it down because I'm like, yeah, because they did action. They said the words, but then they did the action. Actions are more important than words. And I went, hmm. Is that true in the kingdom? Because God spoke the world into being. Hmm. Because Jesus declared things and then it happened. And then I was thinking about this. Actions speaking louder words. I went, I actually think in the kingdom, words, words speak louder than actions. Your words are so powerful. Your words, partnering with what God says and speaking it out, your words can move mountains. So I thought in this moment of action speaking loud, the words they did the action was actually the words spoken was what kingdom, heaven needed, but the action is what man needed. So when we speak things out, we're partnering with what God has said. God has promised. God has already, Jesus has already paid the price for on the cross. We speak it out. But then we do the action because that's what humans need. God doesn't need the action. He needed the word. We need the action.
Thought number two, healing moved the man from outside the temple to inside praising. Going from not knowing who Jesus is to inside worshipping him. The miracle moved him from one place to another. Miracles based on Jesus' life, based on the early church, miracles moved people to encounter him. People who were blinded now see. You know what I found interesting is this contrast. We've got a lame man. Can't walk. No job. Begging. Now, I don't know what beggars looked like in Bible times, but beggars in our times look quite dirty, look quite rough, look like they need some help, look not the greatest. And I can only imagine in Bible times living on dirt, it would be possibly worse. So you've got this man who can't walk, who's lame, sitting at the gate called Beautiful. The Bible doesn't have coincidences. The Bible doesn't have, oh, God thinking, I didn't realise I did that, but how cool is that? He doesn't just all of a sudden think, wow, that worked out better than expected. Like there's purpose in everything. And so the picture, I've never read this before or seen this before, the the picture of a dirty, lame, broken man sitting next to the gate. Now, the temple had many gates, but he's sitting at the gate called Beautiful because that gate was beautiful. Names actually represented what it was. The contrast between the most beautiful gate and the most downtrodden, lame beggar sitting side by side. Have you ever thought this before? What a beautiful picture. I don't know if you're getting the picture that's in my head, but the picture of broken humanity on the outskirts of the presence of God needing Jesus to open, to say yes to Jesus so they can enter in to his presence. People saying yes to Jesus to enter in. Jesus, the most beautiful (laughs) gift that ever was and ever will be as the gate to enter in. Once was blinded and now praising God. Thought number three. How many people... So I spoke last week how this lame beggar sat strategically in a place where people known for generosity would walk by. How many people now are in the temple 
gave him money as they walked in and now in the temple see him walking in. And their heart's posture, the Bible says, their heart, see him coming in and they're astounded. Was it wonder? Hang on, I'm getting too... They were filled with wonder and amazement. So they've potentially, some of them definitely gave him money. They're in the temple praying and worshipping. He comes in leaping and jumping and praising God. So there's a bit of a spectacle. Like if you're leaping, jumping and praising God, people are seeing you. Turn around and look at him going, hey, I just gave you money because you couldn't walk. And they're with wonder and amazement at what just happened. challenge right here when we see someone have the breakthrough and the miracle even if it costed me something I still rejoice I still celebrate I still say yes because of what God did not hey give me my money back that costed me your miracle costed me something wow but I'm going to celebrate you Because the miracle happened. Keep the money. The miracle happened. We need to get really good at celebrating people. Really good at celebrating what God's doing in people. Not going, oh, you did that, so I'm going to try it, but it didn't work for me. Not fair. Or I'm going after this miracle and you've just started your journey and you got it faster than me, not fair. I know what your kids are like, but we're in the not fair zone. Bella's got a party at Bounce. Drew can't go, it's not fair. I want to go to Bounce. Now we get to celebrate. Celebrate. No matter if it cost us something, we still celebrate because God is doing amazing things. And He never leaves us worse off ever. So what does that tell me? I sow into your miracle. And I don't leave worse off. I celebrate you knowing God is taking care of me. God will look after you, but He also looks after me. I'm going to sow in to help you with your miracle and I know God's going to sow in and other people are going to help me with mine. And when you get it, I'm not going to ask for it back, but I'm going to celebrate it with you. Why? Because even when I don't see it, He's still moving. Even when I don't feel it, He's still moving. And we get to celebrate in what He is doing and not worry about what it cost me. The people in the temple didn't make it about themselves. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine if they had have seen him come in and they went, well, I just gave him a quarter, whatever. (laughs) What are they called in the Bible? (laughs) Whatever it was. Widow's mite. What was the widow's mite? Anyway, I have a widow's mite in a necklace. Anyway. Instead of him coming in and going, hey, give me back my money and making it about me. 
Let's not make it about me. Don't make it about you. Celebrate. Right, fourth thought. The lame man, the beggar, who was healed, so you can't really call him lame or beggar anymore, can you? The man, he held on to Peter and John. He held on, and I read through several translations and several commentaries, and no one was clear. Some indicate that he held on the entire time. Some indicate that he might have let go and then grabbed on. I don't know. So I'm just going to say, don't know. You can come up with your own conclusion. But he held on. After leaping and praising God in verse whatever it was, after all of that, when they're walking out to Solomon's colonnade, he was holding on. And I was thinking about this holding on aspect and holding on. Why? Why was he holding on? The Bible doesn't say, so we're in speculation land. So let me speculate a second. Why was he holding on? Maybe he was scared he was going to fall over. He'd never walked before, didn't know what walking felt like. First time, I'm not a bit, bit nervous, I'll just hold on. Maybe he thought God might take it away. Maybe his healing might disappear. So I'm just going to hold on to these guys because if it disappears... I want them to be around so they can do their thing again. Maybe he was really thankful. Maybe he just went, oh my goodness, how cool, how thankful. Like I owe them everything. I can now walk. I can now live. I can now do my life. They're all plausible thoughts. Logical thinking, Lee, logical. The one that's my favourite logical thought is this. He encountered Jesus for the first time and didn't want to let go. He encountered Jesus through Peter and John for the first time. His eyes were closed and now they're open for the first time. Freedom for the first time. And he never let go. He never let go. I I don't have a big testimony. I'm a church kid. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never been drunk. The first time I had sex was my wedding night. Like, I'm as, like, church kid as they come, church kid. So I don't have the big, I was addicted to drugs and in a minute God took it away. I don't have the big, I had cancer and God healed me and saved my life. I don't have anything like that. But I have this, I have lived through some of the hardest seasons anyone will face and I hold on and I hold on and I do not let go. Hold on and do not let go. And it doesn't matter what you face and it doesn't matter what you're going through and it doesn't matter how hard it is or how easy it is. Hold on and don't let go. Make that your story. That story is the most powerful of them all because I encountered Jesus and nothing took him away. Nothing derailed me. Nothing separated me. Nothing. But I hung on. And then I think about the guy going back. 
like lame beggar, couldn't walk. Now, I'm sorry this might be a bit, mm, like how did he go to the toilet? This is how my brain thinks. How did he go to the toilet? Like he's sitting there, people put him there, then what? How did he do things? How often did they help him shower? How did he shower? So in my head, I'm picturing a bit of a smelly man, practically, logically thinking, holding on. Now, if I was Peter and John, I would have struggled so much. A, I don't like hugs and I like my personal space. B, if there is a weird smell around, I have to try and mask my disgust in my face so that I'm not offending anyone with how I look. But they were gracious enough. They were gracious enough to let him hold on. They were kind enough to let him hold on. Can I just say this? If you're ever in a circumstance where maybe someone does smell, when I was maybe 11, I went to my friend's house for lunch and her mum was the best cook. Like going there for food was like a joy and I'm not going to give any details because I don't want her to ever hear this. But they served something that I just absolutely hate. It was pea soup and I hate peas. Like I cannot, they're the only vegetable I cannot stomach. The texture, the taste, everything about a pea, disgusting. And they made pea soup and I sat there and like her mum's the type that you wouldn't want to offend. And I sat there and I just prayed to myself, God, I just declare that I'm going to love this lunch. And it was the best soup I've ever had. <laughs> Everyone else in the family complained. And I'm sitting there eating my soup. And this is amazing. So anyway, so I don't, if you're ever in a situation that you're not happy about, just pray. Because God can help with our taste buds and our smells. Like, he can help all of that. It's important, you know. Because we're going to have people come in this church that are broken that are homeless, that are going to smell. And we're going to hug them. I'm going to hug them. Because that's what Jesus would do. Hold on. So anyway, he's holding on to Peter and John. And I was thinking about this going, ah, lucky it wasn't me. And I thought, how kind is God that in my sometimes bad attitudes, stinky attitudes... And sometimes in my judgment thoughts and sometimes in my can't be bothered and I'm holding on and I smell bad, God still lets me hold on. He loves it that we hold on. He loves it. Regardless of what's going on, he loves it. Hold on. Next thought's a short one. I'm wrapping up. The onlookers... The Bible says they were astonished. I want people to look at my life and be astonished. Not because of me, but because then I get to say, have you met my God? Have you met Jesus? I want my life to be astonishing. Where onlookers look and go, wow. Next thought. I'm actually going to 
Mm. Next thought's this. We need to celebrate in church. The lame man gets healed. The first place he goes is to worship God in the temple, to worship him with other believers. And then when the Bible says that he holds on and they go out to Solomon's colonnade, that's a different entrance or exit. It's like the portico of our church. That's what it was. It was called Solomon. But it's like that. So they go from inside the church to outside the church where all of the people come running up astonished. They celebrated in church family, but then they celebrated with the world. We need to celebrate our testimonies, celebrate our stories, celebrate what God is doing in here. But then we need to take it out there because they need to hear it. They need to experience it. They need to receive it. We don't just do it out there because we need to hear it. We need to celebrate. We need to go, yes. Not because we don't believe, we believe, but we need to cheer each other on and celebrate with each other. But then we need to take it out there. Don't leave it out there or leave it in here. I love that Peter and John showed us both. He gets healed, he meets Jesus, he worships him, then he goes out and shows the world what happened. As I said, my story's not a big one, but the world still needs to hear it. People still need to hear it. Because it's who God is. It's who he is. He didn't make me to grow up in church, to have a simple story, to not be effective for his kingdom. I'm effective for his kingdom, regardless on whether I've got a big story or not. Because it's still his and he still gets glory for it. My last thought. Peter seeing the miracle wasn't enough. Peter seeing, you know, the guy walk and him up and celebrating, it wasn't enough. Because then when he went to the onlookers and they all come around astonished at what had happened, Peter and John could have just said, yeah, he got healed. It's great, isn't it? It's pretty cool. He couldn't walk, now he can. Awesome. Give him a high five. But then Peter actually takes it so much further and says, the Jesus who you did all this to, but God. But God. We've got to remember the but God in our story. The but God. The but God. No matter what's going on, there's a but God. No matter what's happening in your family, whether they're saved or unsaved, there's a but God. The Jesus who they currently don't believe in, but God. The Jesus who they hate, who I can't even talk to them about, but God. There is a but God in every moment, in every story, in every life, in every situation. And we need to celebrate that, recognise it and release it. Because there is a powerful but God. This week, 
This week, not this week, two days ago, maybe three days ago, Justin and I were driving and Justin challenged me. I don't like being challenged. I, I actually thrive in it, to be honest, actually. Just depends who it's from. <laughs> he challenged me, he goes, Lee, you've got to stop saying you're on a journey and you just got to do it. Like, you keep saying you want to see miracles happen and all this, you just got to do it. And I sat there, I'm like, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with you. He goes, what's stopping you? Fear? Well, I said, nah, I forget. I know how bad this sounds. Your pastor just simply forgets to tell people about him. Fully aware. I go through my day ticking my tasks off my list. So when I go to the shops, I'm just there to get my groceries and I forget, but God. And when I go to school pickups and when I go and talk to my neighbours and when I go and see my mother's group where none of them currently know Jesus, I just forget. My issue is not fear. My issue is not embarrassment. My issue is forgetfulness. How bad is that? Forgetfulness. I'm 39 and my issue is forgetfulness. And so as we're driving, we just prayed. Like, God, this has got to change. Because every Sunday I leave church going, yes, I'm going to step out. I'm going to pray for someone. I'm going to see someone healed. I'm going to share Jesus every Sunday. I get so excited. I'm going to do it. And then I come back the next Sunday. I forgot. I just forgot. How's that even possible? I spend my time with Jesus in the mornings. I actually pray while I drive, so it's not like I forget about God. I just forget to open my mouth. How's that even possible? I don't even know how it's possible. So I'm now writing in my task list, talk to someone about Jesus. So it's actually in my tasks. I know that sounds so trivial, but that's I want to do it. And I've got to put something in place. So maybe your something is forgetfulness. Hey, I understand that one. Who would have thought? Join me on that journey of trying to remember. But maybe it's something else. Maybe it is fear. Maybe it is embarrassment. But the kindness of God is always there to help. Usher and jump on keys. We're going to finish up church. Let's all stand. Ah, actually, Joanne, I might get you praying for people after church if that's all right if you're not on anything. The reason I just had this thought is I just noticed Judy right there. Judy, it's so nice you're sitting like right there. I, I love, Judy's amazing. She's one of, Judy is one of our volunteers in Echo community. And she's one of the more older people of our congregation. Can I say a bit more on that, Judy? So then when 
I saw Judy, I went, oh, Judy, she's amazing. She's in Echo Community. And then I see Joanne. And see, Joanne now helps out in Echo Community when the client's there. And she prays for everyone. I pray, like literally, she's meant to be doing a job and I turn around and she's praying for someone. I'm too busy doing the jobs and not praying for people. So if you need confidence, boldness, if you want to step out, Joanne does it really well. Just get her to pray for you and impart that. We're big on impartation because she's paved a way. She's got favour and she's got runs on the board and her faith has grown over, I won't say decades, over a lot of decades of doing it. And some of us are at the start of this journey. Go, Joanne. She's a lovely lady. Pink jumper. She'll come up the front. Go pray for you. But we need to know who we're holding on to and not let go and tell the world. Sometimes I think, for me, I think I forget how good he is because I've known him my whole life. I come to church and I gather with Christians and I go, oh my goodness, he's so much better than what I'm thinking right now. Everyone needs to encounter him. Everyone needs to experience his kindness. Everyone needs to experience his love. Everyone. And I have the story. right now is this let's know who he is and who we are in him and walk in that the thought just came to my mind the disciples didn't need a pep talk they just needed him and it flowed out of their life. So let's say yes to him and going on that and let it flow out of our life. Is that all right, church? Yeah, so Jesus, I thank you so much for your church and especially for Echo Church right now. I thank you for everyone that's here and everyone that's watching online. I thank you, God, for your hand, for your love, for your presence that is on all of us, God. This week, this week, God, remind us. This week, God, open our eyes. Give us confidence. Presence go before us. You're honest and in us. So we thank you, God for lives that are going to be impacted by you this week. In Jesus' name.